0: Welcome back to Bootability, a weekly interview series about the amazing ability we all have to change our lives and the world if we're brave enough to tap into it. I'm your host, Jihi Jolly. Today we're talking about limiting beliefs and self-doubt. Whatever form they take for you, whether it's your own negative self-talk, the way you see yourself, or limitations that others have placed on you that you've internalized, transforming limiting beliefs can be hard. Fortunately, the essence of the Nichiren Buddhist practice of chanting nam myoho is to do exactly this. By strengthening our Buddhability, we transform our limitations. Our guest is Rachel Mundus, who practices Buddhism in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Today, she shares the many self-doubts she has had to challenge on her long journey toward a lifelong dream of becoming a dentist for the people. Today's episode is also being aired during our five-day bootability Life Hacks series, which addresses all aspects of dealing with stress, anxiety, or just being stuck. To learn more about it, check out the link in the show notes. Now,
1: here's Rachel. My name is Rachel Mundus. I'm a public health dental hygienist and I'm calling from Ann Arbor, Michigan and I'm so happy to be here with you.
0: Amazing. Thank you for being here and being open to sharing your story with Buddhability. So I always like to start with context just about your Buddhist practice before we get into the story of your career itself. Can you just share kind of how did you first encounter SGI in Buddhism, and then why did you decide to start chanting? Sure.
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm so oh, so relieved that I was able to encounter this practice because I was really at a deep low point in my life in undergrad studies, and I was 22 years old in Tennessee, and I was, yeah, just very depressed and, you know, dealing with deep anxiety centered around my mission because I've always known that I wanted to, you know, provide dental care, but, you know, as a young person... Going through pre dental studies at the University of Tennessee, I really was in kind of a spiral, like a whirlwind of self sabotaging behavior and just being completely nervous about, you know, taking on my mission and not knowing how I was going to be able to get there. And one of my friends at the time, she just said, Well, you know, you can chant Nam-myoho-renge-kyo. And it was exactly what my life, you know, was really calling for. So I said, what, you what's that? <laughs> and I started practicing and the rest is history.
0: Wow. And I, I'm curious to hear, because you said that you knew from a young age that you wanted to provide dental care and that like, that was sort of your, your mission in life, but it's quite rare for someone so young to be clear on that, you know? So I'm I'm just wondering where, where did that dream come from?
1: Wow. Oh my gosh. As far as I can remember back, I've been obsessed with teeth and people in their mouth I'm not exactly sure where it came from you know deep in my life but when I started you know losing my teeth I I became just very like intrigued with how this process and kind of how I how I would want to help people so you know I decided right around like the first grade that I like to support people in their oral health and, you know, just wanting to figure out what was going on there and and gaining the trust of someone to be able to help them with their, you know, their internal oral health is something that I've always striven for and continue to strive for. So. It's just something that is very unique. Everyone has different dentition and, you know, everyone is so special and I don't want to see anybody suffer. So, you know, knowing that our mouths are so important into our overall overall health and even our health as a society, how we feel about ourselves, how we present ourselves is, you know, all wrapped up into dental care, and then also, you know, the health science aspect of it, the art aspect, the humanity aspect all wrapped up into one has always grabbed my heart. So Mm -hmm. I've been with it for a long time. My grandfather told me that I was chasing teeth for a very (laughs) long time and I'm still doing it. So. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's yeah,
0: that's so cool. And we'll get into sort of the the path then to, to actually get to where you are today, because I know you really did stick with it. And it was a journey. But first, I'm curious, when you initially started chanting, you know, many people start because they're going through something or a friend introduced them and they're like, okay, like, sure, I'll try this. Mm-hmm. But then to actually continue and stick with Buddhist practice is a whole whole other thing. So what Kind of, did you see a difference initially when you started chanting or what made you want to continue?
1: Yes, I feel that chanting is so powerful and every, every time you try it, it gets a little deeper and it allows, for me, it allows me to feel more at ease with myself and gives me a time to reflect where I'm at and where I want to go. And then also just kind of deepening, deepening into my mission because I was struggling to believe that I could do it. So at the time I was chanting to be able to provide dental care, but, you know, I was unlicensed and just trying to get the educational background to be able to do that, even though I've been working in dental clinics since I was 15 years old, kind of behind the scenes. But what may help me continue was this feeling, this lighter feeling that I got after doing it. Mm -hmm. And I guess the life force that comes with that, you know, just continuing to, you know, deepen my understanding of myself and also battling the... The negativity that we hold about ourselves, kind of making it this grounds, this place where you can go to take the time to get into yourself and um, start to listen to your core, listen to the the deep part of your life that's telling you what to do, not necessarily the part that's um, trying to, you know, be the naysayer. And I think that it's hard at the beginning to determine, you know, kind of get through the weeds and see which is the true self. So by chanting and by continuing the practice, I was able to really see, you know, really pull out that from from my life and get better at understanding which is the you know, which is the real and which is the fake and or the delusion, the lesser self versus the higher self and then strengthening the higher self. So that's why I continue daily, you know, morning and evening is difficult practice, but I believe in the law of cause and effect. And even before I started chanting and um, studying this philosophy, and Buddhism, I knew that cause and effect was real. Mm. And I knew that I was suffering because of, you know, there was something off in my life. And I didn't know how to catch the causes I was making, but through, you know, chanting to the Gohanzan and practicing with my friends and doing all of these wonderful peace-building activities um, in this great community, I was able to see, okay, you know, there's a way through and, You have the power to make your dreams a reality. We have such great guidance from a wonderful mentor. And I'm really appreciative of of my mentor to be able to guide me, you know, back to myself and to, you know, help me believe in myself even when I wasn't able to. So that is something that I'm like so grateful for and um, Mm -hmm. feel so proud of to be able to share with you today.
0: Yeah. Wow, I feel like you, there's like so much uh, packed in what you just said, like so many things that I want to follow up on because it's so encouraging. I completely understand what you're describing. So maybe we can start with like, just describe what it is that you do now, and then we'll work backwards to the journey to get here and some of the themes sort of that you already hinted at. So yeah, like day to day, kind of what is your role? Where are you working? And then, yeah, I'll ask follow-ups after that. Sure. Great.
1: I I love what I do. I work obviously in people's mouths. So, you know, that's not something for everyone. But for me, it's something that makes the day go by in like two minutes, which is very, which is very fun. And I work in two free clinics and I work in a specialty office, which is in periodontics. So I work underneath the gums, basically. And I work with people who have disease, oral health disease, gum disease. And yeah, and then I work out of one general dentist office where I get to see families, you know, generate intergenerationally and that's really special to me too. So what I like to do is provide free care and then I'm working to, you know, get the kind of the best training and become a provider that can see any patient and, you know, get good results. So, help them save their teeth and feel more confident through education. Dental disease is almost all preventable. So, I like to work in my community to do, you know, oral health education and community programming. So, yeah, trying to make oral health care available to all. So, there's also you know, a deep advocacy component there at the state level. So working with, you know, multiple different organizations and really trying to, you know, pull all of these inner professionals together to combat dental disease. That's what I do daily. It strikes me hearing
0: you say that, like how multidimensional your work is and also, the way that you describe it, like it's so humanistic, it's about people. And you're also exposed to different communities, which I assume have very different levels of access and education when it comes to oral health. Yeah, so it's very inspiring to hear you you talk about it that way. I, I wonder, you know, if you had to sort of say what the greatest challenge was that you've had to face on the journey, what would you say? Like, you know, so you're like this, like, Young person who has a clear dream, and then mm-hmm. there's as many years ahead of you. What mm-hmm. was sort of the 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 thing that kept coming up that you felt like I have to overcome this if I'm actually going to be able to do what I want to do,
1: yeah, and that's really what Buddhism has helped me break through because ever. Since I can remember, you know, back when I made the determination that I was going to become a dentist for the people, you know, back in first grade, I also noticed that I wasn't like as good as at math as other kids. And I started to, you know, see how I wasn't as quick and or I wasn't getting like the perfect scores, you know, in 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 these in these math tests and, you know, our academic system definitely points out the flaws to the to the young people and it it broke my heart honestly you know I can remember feeling completely defeated as an elementary school student that I wasn't going to be able to you know do what I wanted to do just because I felt that I had to be I had to have the perfect grades to get into dental school and that was you know that was understood from the beginning for me so that seed of doubt got planted and it kept growing and you know throughout middle school high school and then into college and by by my undergrad when I encountered buddhism it was a full blown tree that was like just blocking out all of all of the light that i you know, actually needed to make this a reality. So these causes that were internally made, like, you're not going to be able to do this or, you know, whatever, you know, story that we tell ourselves or that I was telling myself was, was, you know, I kind of, it kind of led me to this paralyzing place of, you know, seeing that result of getting, you know, not able to getting testing anxiety in Mm -hmm. my courses and, you know, not failing, but not making perfect grades. So I wasn't part of, you know, this SGI community as a young person, which really tells you like, Hey, you can do anything and you can face, you know, these challenges. I was, I was more under, you know, the understanding of maybe I won't be able to do it. You know, maybe I'll just have to you know, settle for something else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the time when I really had to change my karma internally to make my dream come true, you know, I, I thank goodness for my beautiful, amazing friend who showed up and said, yaho kyo. and, you know, that was really my saving grace because once I started chanting, And once I started really practicing, my humanistic heart was able to grow. Like I was able to, I I was able to know that I can do this and there's a place for me no matter what, like just keep going. So I think, yeah, I think that that doubt throughout my life has been the biggest limiting factor and going in to do Deep Human Revolution and really just looking at it and saying, you know, what is this? Is this my truth or is this something that has come from the outside and tried to keep me down?
0: Yeah, thank you for, for sharing all of that. It's also so real. Like, it, you know, I, I'm sure so many people, whatever field they're in or whatever is in front of them, I love how you described earlier that like that kind of battle between the delusion and then this like deeper truer self that you're able to access through chanting who are telling you two different stories like you can do it or you can't do it that's sort of why you know for this episode I wanted to sort of unpack the theme of of limiting beliefs of any Mm -hmm. kind so it could be well I'm not smart enough to get through school to pursue my my career in other cases maybe someone's very shy or maybe someone can't get along with certain types of people or maybe they can't afford you know the education that they need or whatever it's there's like so many situations in which that same kind of dynamic plays out so I'm wondering like maybe we can talk through some key turning points in the actual story so you you start practicing if I'm understanding correctly in college when you're grappling with this doubt and going through these things and then sort of practically speaking, like what mm-hmm. happened when you started chanting in, that helped you sort of change that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. When I started chanting, I went full in. I, ch- I was chanting just like, let's go. This is the Gohansan that can help me, you know, transform my life. So I didn't have any doubts about it. And yeah, I'm grateful for my friend that I could practice with. And we started, you know, the campus club together and we started having youth meetings at our apartment. And so I never looked back. And what happened was about three months later, I was skateboarding and I was launched off my board. I wasn't wearing a helmet. I went into a coma. And (sighs) Yeah, so it was a traumatic brain injury that pretty much, you know, led me to about a month of, you know, ouch, serious headache. And then, and then, you know, I I got some acupuncture. I I refresh my determination throughout the process, you know, being in the coma it's like you can kind of decide what are you going to do are you going to give up or are you going to keep mm-hmm. going and you know my burning heart my spirit is like i got to go take my exams you know <laughs> <laughs> like get back to school so i ended up going back to school you know after about a month of of getting through the the pain and finishing so i was at the end of my my college and I took some incompletes and then I finished them up. But what happened was it definitely affected my short-term memory. So I kept redetermining, you know, every semester that I would be able to, you know, up my grades and take my dental admissions test, which is a rigorous, you know, post- I guess it's natural sciences and a lot of different, you know, academic rigor what we go through to become a professional, but it was it was a journey and, you know, through that process I became patient with myself and others and I learned how to persevere. Just make it happen, you know, continue. If if you, you know, can't get an A in, in anatomy and physiology, then try it again. So I did that and I continued. So that was in 2010. And what I learned was that I had to open myself up to what I actually wanted to do. And what I wanted to do was provide care for everyone and i saw a deep disparity a deep health disparity in american communities all over but specifically mine specifically in the black community and something that you know wasn't settled with me is that you know people ha- can't can't access dental care and in, in some communities and so i moved to detroit and i worked in in the free clinics and you know, just became very curious about the way forward and a solution here. And so I chanted about it really from the beginning to figure out how I can provide access to care, what I can do. And, you know, even as I was taking, you know, the natural science courses to be able to become a dentist, I went in deep and I worked in a community mental health agency and I determined to bring a dental clinic to the people and I chanted to get funding and I was able to secure a federal grant which allowed me to manage the build out and um, hire on the staff and work through you know, all of the procedures and policies that you need to have a functioning dental clinic and made that happen in about a three-year period so once i was able to secure that clinic in the city for you know the underserved homeless and people you know facing severe and persistent mental illness who you know historically haven't had access to care it's it was a feeling that i could I could be secure with going back to school, Hmm. you know, I faced so, you know, I had faced this, you know, internal battle so I can help more people. And that's always been understood by me. And I'm, you know, happy to take anything on because I know that the people deserve more and I want to be more capable and more understanding and you know, more ready to be able to serve in that way, you know, to be able to serve people with their oral health needs. So yeah, I think that taking the long route, you know, from 2010 to 2000 now, I was able to obtain my um, dental hygiene degree last year in 2021 at the top of my class at the number one dental school in the world actually, University of Michigan. Huh. And you know, my research is as a public health person. I've worked with the re-entry population. So people that are coming out of jails and prisons and, you know, making sure that their oral health status isn't so severe. Which most of the you know, most people coming out of the system sadly is. So we do have a lot of work to do. And yeah, the work is what keeps me going. You know, I just mm-hmm. love being able to provide free dental care to people in need and then also to, you know, help people ease through, ease through difficult procedures and situations because let's face it, nobody wants to go to the dentist. So <laughs> try to try to make it a little, a little easier for people.
0: Yeah. Wow. What a journey. Um, you know, just hearing you share this what like decade-long journey first of all i'm like how did she not give up so many people you know because i i think that there's so much invisible stuff that one goes through when when it is such a long journey i mean there's the there's your own kind of soft doubt can i do this you know i want to keep going i have to keep going but then there's so many other things like People asking you what you're doing and having to say, oh, I'm still doing this. You know, I've definitely had that experience. I know people who've had that experience. I- I'm sure so much more. You're supporting yourself financially, like taking care of yourself. So I'm just wondering, like... um when you say that you were able to really like strengthen your determination especially after that accident what does that look like for someone who's new to buddhism this like continuous like i'm not going to give up and i'm going to keep strengthening my determination do you Mm -hmm. remember like how you learned to do that or where that came from
1: or why you didn't just quit oh yes oh yes it is It's so powerful, this Buddhism. And actually, I want to share a quote if I can to help. So this is my mentor, Daisaku Ikeda, from the New Human Revolution. And he says that, Humanism is not a special way of living. It's a simple act of empathizing with others, reaching out and encouraging those who are striving hard or suffering and sharing the joys of those who are happy. So I feel that by being part of my community and actually, you know, going in and, you know, being with somebody who is suffering or is who, you know, or as who experiencing joys, I can bring out the fullest of, of from my life. And this Buddhism, you know, helps us redetermined to stay in the moment and stay the course so every day is just a wonderful joy like we talk about poetic existence in this buddhism and i feel when you practice you can feel it you can really live in it and it's so powerful to be able to you know take on each day whether it's you know in front of your computer studying or being in clinic or trying to find you know the next the next step because we have this universal ally that is our you know our determination our our voice, our prayer, you know with Nam yoho and kyo we're able to pull from the universe exactly what we need to get to the next step, even if it's painful, mm. you know, and so redetermining in the morning and also you know, facing the next obstacle head on, Mm -hmm. because there always is a next obstacle. And, you know, even if you're like at the top, you just like overcame one, maybe that obstacle now is to enjoy that for yourself Mm -hmm. and, you know, redetermining, okay, now I'm gonna get my master's in public health and I'm gonna go through that program and you know now i'm going to get published and now i now i want to you know there's all there's you know things that our missions require from us that is you know that's the reason why you have to continue mm-hmm. because the the mission to be able to support you know i really had to you know learn how to dental assist. I really had to learn everything that's in the clinic and you know material safety you know you have to go to the basics and then to be able to to learn your field practically. And I think that, you know, actually I wanted to share another quote from The Human Revolution which says dedicating your life to your mission is not some kind of idealistic talk. It, is, it isn't an intellectual game. Faith is realizing where you are and triumphing over reality. Hmm. So, I, you know, Sensei's so good at, you know, getting to the core of things, but I feel like our situations require us to triumph over them, you know, our circumstances and, you know, spiritually or physically. And so finding a way through is really just that it's just, just boots on the ground, you know, (laughs) let's go, this is a new day. And I might be facing the same problem as I was yesterday, but I'm going to get through it. You know, maybe not today, but maybe tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So I think just having a relentless optimistic spirit, a tenacious, you know, super gritty, like the people are going to win. The planet's going to win. No more disparities. No more racism. You know, these are all holding us back from advancing and becoming happy and safe and peaceful society and you know it's up to us to make that happen so
0: yeah I love everything you shared and you know it strikes me hearing you talk like one kind of crucial element of um, Buddhist practice or like at least you know what I found through chanting is like when your Buddha ability or your Buddhahood comes out, like you don't really necessarily have to think about it, right? It's just like the best qualities of your life naturally emerge and change your experience and the actions that you take. But the way that you're describing this journey, it's almost like you didn't, you don't seem to have placed your worth on the outcome. Like you just decided to enjoy the process where I think a lot of people suffer and can't kind of break out of that, like, oh, I am never going to make it. I'm not good enough because they think that they're going to be happy after they've graduated or after, Mm. you know, whatever has happened. And I'm wondering, did you like, was there a turning point where you just like what you described of the poetic spirit, for instance, which actually maybe people don't totally understand what that means. So if you don't mind unpacking that a little, like, like, when did you decide, hey, I'm going to enjoy every single day and I'm going to do my best every single day and not, suffer because I I didn't get to where I want to be yet, or I'm still facing obstacles. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's a process. And it takes faith and maturity to get there, which, you know, we have to develop. So at the beginning, you know, as, as I was suffering, coming from an egotistic standpoint, like I have to be a dentist, you know, and I'm forcing myself into this box and feeling very uncomfortable doing so and you know feeling like I'm not good enough and you know realizing that my mission comes from the daily work
0: Hmm.
1: which is you know living daily with a with the vitality you know it's just like we just have to get up and face it and i'm realizing you know now it does take um it does take a lot of a lot of transformation you know looking back on it and kind of you know hearing how or thinking about how i was at the beginning of my process you know i think through the through taking on the responsibility of of being a bodhisattva of using your buddha ability to you know bring out these best qualities that we're talking about it is you know at at, at the beginning it's kind of scary you know because you got to let go of what our minds place on the importance in life you know these outcomes and There comes a time when you just got to surrender. You just got to open up and like, and say, okay, like I'm willing to go where my mission is placing me and I'm willing to stand up where I'm at right now. Even if it's, you know, back being with an undergraduate program, you know, in your 30s and you know as as i went back to dental hygiene school and i didn't go to dental school you know that's something that only me and my heart can feel is you know a joyful experience and it was it was it was you know i didn't have test day anxiety i had overcome you know all of this internal judgment and then i'm able to be free. Cause that's what, you know, that's what I was really seeking is this um, freedom to be able to do my mission in my way. And I think we, we have these, uh, you know, false ideals of our lives and what they should look like and not what they should feel like. And so I love that. Um, Buddhism helps you see into this, this realm of, it's not about the outer appearance. It's actually about what your heart is doing, is feeling and you know whether that makes you happy because it's definitely a deep lesson to understand that your happiness doesn't come from without, it comes from within. So, yeah. It's a it's a big movement to be able to share that with others and I really appreciate Buddha ability for taking that on and and showing (laughs) showing this so thank you yeah
0: no thank you and yeah it's so cool to see you know it looks so different in the lives of different people and it's just just getting to hear these stories and unpack them is really so encouraging um so I want to follow up on one final piece of the of this sort of transformation which is the the education piece because I'm thinking from the perspective of someone who might be listening and, you know, has kind of this long-term struggle. Like I have friends, you know, who need to take certain exams to, to be able to be credentialed in their career path, but they've failed again and again and again. Or like, you know, people who've applied to school and they haven't gotten in again and again or haven't passed that class again and again. It seems like there was some turning point where you were like, I'm going to challenge this again and then you did it, you know, and I'm wondering like what went into that decision or sort of what shifted that you decided it's time to tackle school and I'm I'm 100% going to win and then you did.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, for everybody that is in that position, like just keep going. Don't give up. But also open yourself up to the way the the best way for you. What it was for me is I I took my dental admissions test in 2013. So I had my accident in in 2010 and I got average score and I didn't get in. And so for the next 5 years, I continued to take post bachelor classes and you know trying to fit myself into this you know, four-year doctorate program of becoming a doctor of dental sciences, but it was really from a shallow place, I would say. I wasn't going, you know, and doing these courses from my skill set, my my, you know, internal love for the field. I thought that I had to be a dentist so I could make change in my field. And regardless of academic status, you can make a difference. And that was the turning point for me. It was like, okay, well, you know, I'm not a dentist, but I see very clearly how I can make a difference. And, you know, it's time for me to do that. And so I did that, you know, and I was able to see then, okay, like, how else do I want to make change? Where do I want to, my efforts to go? Do do they want to be in prevention or do they want to be in making money off a disease that we can actually prevent, mm-hmm. you know, and getting to getting to the people and not staying on the outside? So, yes, I could have been, you know, a dentist in, in the suburbs, making money off doing fillings every day. But would that have made my heart sing? No. And so I think we have to be very honest with ourselves when we're challenging over and over something that might not be working for us. Is this what I really want? And to be honest and to not come from your ego or, you know, this judgmental place. But if it is for you, if if your mission is aligned and you've definitely prayed about that from your whole being, then you will be able to see clearly, see a different way. And it was just like one day I just went out to, you know, have some coffee with a friend and she was like, you know, why don't you think about dental hygiene? And I was like, what? You know, after <laughs> years of... <laughs> seriously, years of trying to become a dentist, hmm. you know, and there's, there's two different roles here, you know, and I didn't, I wasn't looking at it, but after I'd ho- opened up my life in front of Gohansan and poured out, you know, my struggle here, I was able to see, oh, wow, you know, this preventive stuff. I think that, you know, I think that that's the that's the clear way forward as far as licensure and credentials go, because um, having a public health degree along with my prevention roles can lead me into the advocacy realm and into you know community programming and whatever else I want I want to do. And providing care in this way is so powerful because you know I'm the one that provides a treatment that will save your tooth. And that's, that's cool. That's really awesome to me. So yeah, I think just keep going. Yeah. And also,
0: like, it it strikes me you saying that actually, you know, it struck me earlier in the very beginning that you use the word mission rather than career to describe this path that you're on. And I know that we in Buddhism, we use the word mission, which is somewhat interchangeable with purpose. And,
1: Mm.
0: you know, the Buddhist view of mission is like to use your life to encourage other people, right? But like, I had never thought, you know, if if you just, if you think about your work as your mission, then it's about other people. But if you think about it as your career, it's about yourself. And it's so easy if on top of that, you struggle with self-doubt and limiting beliefs to never get out of that cycle when it's all about you and I need the credential or I need to prove to people or to myself that I can do this rather than, I want to make a difference for people, so how else can I make a difference for people and just follow that path? It's really encouraging.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that.
0: Earlier, you mentioned that, like, when you were in elementary school and you started noticing, you know, like, okay, maybe you're struggling a bit more with math, and then eventually, like, those thoughts or feelings kind of turned into this, like, tree, or, like, Mm -hmm. by, you know, by the time you were in college. Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering, like, what happened to that tree of those thoughts oh, about yeah. yourself and yeah. when did it disappear and when did you realize it did if it, yep. if so
1: mm-hmm. yeah it was an intentional extraction so I really had to d- make a determination to get that tree out of there so the tree of doubt I determined to take it out of my life and I cut it down and, you know, I strapped up the chains to the root trunk and I pulled it out. You know, this is all, you know, in my head. What happened was, you know, after I got it out, you know, little shoots of, you know, doubt that, you know, are, you know, destined to arise, you know, after you do the the main removal were sprouting up and... You know, I just had to keep weeding every day. You know, once I, I saw a little, you know, green shop shoot of doubt come out, you know, I used my mentor's advice and Tota Sensei's advice to, you know, really master this and don't allow um, the doubt to overrun your garden, you know. Mm. So what do you want to grow? You want to grow happiness and peace and you know, all of these wonderful attributes of life that we should have growing in our gardens. You know, it's it's a hard thing to do to to catch these negative causes, especially when they're very, you know, entrenched in who you have been. To change is difficult.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But what I can say is that it's possible. And if you're determined to, to do it, and you're cognizant about that process of, I guess it's a daily process, you know, of of cleaning up your life from the inside, making it shine.
0: What a, an amazing description of also what can happen when you're chanting. You know, sometimes people ask like, what do you think about, do you keep something in your mind? And I, I personally also love just being able to visualize that process. And sometimes I do that when I'm chanting as well. Um, I've never thought of myself doubt as a tree, but it's awesome. That's a really awesome way to think about it. That just Thank needs you. to be uprooted. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So we, I, I have one more question, which is always my closing question. I'm wondering like for anyone who might be listening to this episode because they relate to the theme, what advice would you give to someone who's new to Buddhism and might be struggling with their own limiting beliefs or self-doubt?
1: Sure. Yeah, I think it's great to be open, you know, to hearing it and trying something. And it's definitely not about, you know, blind faith. It's really about seeing if this works for you. You can only, you know, hear my experience from, you know, the outside, but what could be your experience. So, you know, everybody has an impossible dream and, this Buddhism is about making the impossible possible. And what we can do is we can just, we can just try chanting, you know, for consistently, you know, it's definitely a spiritual workout. So you got to build up the, you know, the time that you're, sitting or you know chanting but yeah just in the morning in the evening just give it a try this is the law of cause and effect and it's very prevalent and so once you do it you'll be able to see something happen in your life and what what comes out you know for me there you have to get from you have to get through your karma and Mm -hmm. there's nothing that you know the universe will give you that you can't handle so it's really you know putting your life and your dreams at the forefront and taking some time to make sure you understand what is going on internally and that's just just this the best place to do it is with yourself and hearing your vibration and fusing your life with the universe through this vibration that is you know really the highest positive way and you know all this negativity will come out and you'll be able to be on the other side really living your truth and becoming happy and you know gaining so much fortune you know which i can attest to and be able to say you know i i was able to get through it and i know you can too and i believe in you so we're out here you know <laughs> come come practice with us that's what i would say
0: I feel like Rachel covered it all, but I will leave you with one final passage from Ikeda where he writes, What will the future be like? No one knows. All we know is that the effects that will appear in the future are all contained in the causes we make in the present. The important thing, therefore, is that we stand up with a lofty purpose in our hearts unswayed by our short-term circumstances. As a reminder, today's episode is also being aired during our five-day bootability life hack series, which addresses all aspects of dealing with stress, anxiety, or just being stuck. To learn more about it, check out the link in the show notes. And as always, if you have questions or you'd like to get connected to your local Buddhist community, you can email us at connect at sgi-usa.org. That's all for today, and we'll see you next week.